Here we go, guys. Culture Shock EP2 coming right at you. Hello, welcome to episode two of the Culture Shock, the LG and KT collab. Appreciate everyone tuning in to last week's episode. Thanks for all your guys' support last week. I saw the flags out there repping. Name of a positive vibe out there. Uh, we had Bright yep. World check in. Had a lot of people. Appreciate your guys' support. Lucky gang. Uh, welcome to the show, episode two, buddy. Oh my God, I am so pumped. Episode two, episode one was a blast. Tons and tons of engagement and listeners. I just, I'm having such a good time with this, man. Uh, let's let's do it again. Let's do it. So today's topic on the show, guys, is going to be a little bit more of uh, more of a serious topic. And LG, I know this is kind of uh, an interesting topic for you, especially in your area, you know, the Middle Eastern area part of the world. The impact of our culture on our lives, just the tolerance versus discrimination. So you want to start off with mm. the of it, and then we'll call it the con. Sure. You want to start off with the pros? Yeah, pros. We'll start with the pros. Yeah. Um, I mean, the so when you think about culture, you know, as a whole, you're, you're just thinking about, you know, a, a way of life at the end of the day. So it, when you say somebody's cultured, you're basically saying, well, they have a really, really focused way of life or a very diverse way of life. A lot of travelers will have uh, various culture elements to them. So in my case, as you mentioned, you know, being a Lebanese Canadian, coming from the Middle East, the past 10, 15 years have been uh, insane for, you know, the, that culture. Um, coming to, you know, such a, an inclusive country such as Canada, and especially for my father, you know, in the 70s, it was really... Um, a, a risky move to make, especially crossing over all of uh, the ocean, all the way from, uh, from from Lebanon. Not like going to Europe is one thing, or maybe you know Asia or Africa. Like literally moving, shifting all the way over, and there's a ton of risks with that. But um, for me, what, what I quickly realized growing up was that there's such a high level of acceptance and of I guess you can say tolerance especially in Ottawa uh, Toronto Montreal as well but uh, simply because of the high rate of, of immigration that come here and it's just so easy to to integrate and I was born here but I was also I also watch I'm very observant for, for the other immigrants that come here and how they kind of immerse themselves in both Canadian culture while being able to to retain uh, their own, and I think that's that's the real key to an inclusive society is you being able to immerse yourself and enjoy all the things this new place has to offer, and this new place allowing you to to keep and preserve sort of your cultural identity and all the things that you love about about where you're from. And I think that for me personally, I can only speak for myself. I've really been able to maintain that balance and celebrate sort of both aspects of uh, of being both Canadian and Lebanese. And on top of that, just bigger picture, uh, being Arab uh, at the same time. No, for sure. Absolutely. And that, that's a great point that you brought up, just the fact that it's willing and it's very openness out here. That's, I like that, and especially in the Ottawa area. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, you know, there, there's, there are elements of intolerance and, and that's expected, but, you know, as a visible minority, but I am, I am a Canadian, but at the end of the day, I am a visible minority and 
I've never felt as though I'm being held back into celebrating what I love about being both Canadian and Lebanese. And there are, like I said, there are these little blips, right? Especially with the mainstream media and the narrative that's been kind of being portrayed and projected for the past 10 years, really aggressive uh, narrative. Um, it, it did sort of shape some minds to go into the other direction, but it's really, really important to understand that like that narrative is the minority and that you can't let that negativity kind of uh, define you for who you are as a diverse uh, citizen of this inclusive society. Like, like you're, you're in this together and you need to open up your, your mindset and understand like, you may be just Lebanese Canadian, but you're also a part of this wide range of other cultures and immigrants that make up uh, your society. So as long as you keep that in mind, it's really easy to navigate through the intolerance. No, for sure. And that's it. That's you hit it right in the head. Being together, being open, being as one community will, will embrace the, uh, the love of all immigrations and all immigrants too up there for sure. Yeah, like I have the best time at, we have sort of these annual reminders of just how diverse we are here, uh, just culturally, where we'll have the Lebanese festival, we'll have the Greek festival, we'll have the Italian festival. I know that there's an Egyptian one as well. Um, who else? There's a whole bunch. And I always make sure to go ahead and, and include myself in all of those in all of those celebrations because you like when you, if you were to go to the Lebanese festival here in Ottawa, you would see just as many Canadian flags as you would Lebanese flags, because we're not only celebrating uh, being Lebanese, but we're also celebrating being Lebanese in Canada as well. And considering the fact that there's more Lebanese people outside of Lebanon than there are inside, you know, that's a huge distinction to make and understand that we are not only super attached to where we're from, but we're super uh, included and super involved in where we are at the moment. No, that's, that's it. Man. That's, that's a great point because, you know, you're in, a, you're in kind of like the host country like Canada and, you know, you're Lebanese, but at the same time, Canada is not discriminating anybody. They're being open to celebrate new cultures. And you made a good point how you're not just going to one, you know, specific culture, you're going to all of them, which is great. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, just, just to, just to go back to sort of the pros of, uh, of, of the impact of culture. Like, um, I remember just a quick story. Um, it was, the end of Ramadan, and I had I had participated that year. Um, I was healthy, I was able, and and I said, you know what? Let's go on this spiritual journey. I want to try Ramadan. I want to do Ramadan for this year, and I did it. But I also worked regular sort of work hours, and I tried to do it in a way that that didn't disrupt, you know, the the, the your your workflow or your colleagues or the people around you, where that. Uh, you know, they, 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 they didn't really need to, to, to feel the fact that you were going through it because it is a super personal sort of spiritual journey that you're going on. But then I remember yeah. at the end of Ramadan on Eid, um, I walked into the office and my and my director had just 
completely filled one of the whiteboards with all of these amazing images of other cultures uh, celebrating Eid all around the world. And she had sort of printed out all these amazing pictures. And I walked in and all it said on the board was, we have a saying, it's uh, Eid Mubarak, so Eid Mubarak. And she had written that on the, on the board. And I said, and I just, I looked at it and I'll never, ever forget that moment because she didn't tell me she was going to do it. She didn't, she, she, she didn't kind of hint at it. I just walked in and I saw, this is exactly what inclusion means and what celebrating diversity looks like. Wow. You see, just one moment like that, though. It, just, it wasn't planned. It was just a, you know, a surprise kind of. It impacted you, which is great. Yeah, man. What about what about you? Just coming from a from a from a Thai Italian American perspective, what what were the some of the pros that uh, that you felt from your culture? Yeah, for sure. So the Thai culture is, like I said, it's very relaxed. It's very chill. It's almost like the the happiest. A lot of people claim it is the happiest place on earth. Well, the re- <laughs> now the reason why is because um, Thailand is known for, if not the number one, it's got to be close. The number one street vending. Uh, capital of the world. The, the street vendors are incredible. Like they, they, they basically go out there. There's no parking rules. They just park wherever street vend, and they're having a good time. And I think that happiness is what I embody every day. Because you know, it's not easy to wake up to say, "Oh, I got to be happy." But that culture, the Thai culture, allows me to, you know, realize that a lot of them are unfortunate. I've been to areas where that area they're not as fortunate as us, and it gives me more, you know, passion to be grateful and have gratitude. So the gratitude aspect is huge in that one. Uh, as far as the Italian culture, the pros of that is because th- th- Italy's there's so many immigrants over there. There's so many different cultures and all over the world, but Italy's so warm to everybody. I feel like it's almost like a family atmosphere. I think that's why I can gain out of that. I remember when I went to Italy, there was this one pizza shop that it was good food, but at the same time, it reminded me of like, like a, a dinner table. We were all at a dinner table. And I was with, you know, some tourists and we had a good time in a different country. And we didn't even think, uh, you know, didn't even think about just the culture. We just thought about having fun and, and really relaxing and just eating food and talking about good times. And I think the culture has allowed me to kind of those two cultures. And then we'll get to the American culture. These two cultures have allowed me to kind of develop to where I am now in America, where I can I could basically do whatever and kind of embody those same cultures and spread it on other people. I think that's the great element and the great aspect of how cultures develop and how cultures interact. I think, you know, you come from a Thai background, but you don't have to be like, you know, a day, a day you can be Thai background, you can be Italian background, you know, you can kind of mix and match and it'll, it'll bubble out in your personality when you start talking to like, you know, an American citizen or, you know, a Canadian citizen or whatever the case may be. I feel like whatever culture you are, the pros of it, You've got that that heart and mind and soul all connected, and you kind of connect everybody, and then you'll see where uh, the world will play out for them. Yeah, um, and, and and also, you know, it, it's it's a matter of, you know, feeling like you can like you can uh, celebrate your culture freely. I think is really the key to it all. Like if you if you if you go to these festivals or or you go to these areas you know, whether it's in America or in Canada, or if you want to play some traditional music really loud in your car without any fear of, uh, of retribution or any type of discrimination, I think that's, that's where really uh, culture plays like the biggest role and, and the biggest pro. And, um, 
you know, I, I know that for you, like you're out in Jersey and you're not too far from, uh, from New York. Um, are there pockets, are there pockets where, where the, the cultural density is a little bit uh, thicker than other areas? Like I know, for instance, uh, Chinatown or Little Italy, or I think it's called Little Portugal. Um, I remember I took a train once in Jersey, and I think the train station stopped in, in, a, in a place called uh, Little Portugal or Little Havana. Um, do, you, do you find, do you, do you think that those areas are a good thing? Do you, do you think that they limit uh, cultural diversity just in terms of integrating with, with the greater society? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's one in, in particular in Edison, New Jersey, it's called uh, Little, Little India. They call that because there's a lot of Hindu culture out there. And mm. me, I feel like there's, there's pros and cons, right? The, the pro, I guess, the fact that is you're kind of with your group. And let's say if you're kind of more of an introvert, I guess you could be more open to them, which I have no problem with. But to me, I feel like these, these little towns, did they really experience the outside world a lot or are they kind of stuck in their own little bubble? Exactly. And, that, and that's what I think they need, they need. That's why I'm not a big major fan of these little towns because I feel like they're kind of isolating themselves from the world and kind of sticking with the town. And I'd rather you expand your, you know, your, your circle, for that matter, and talk with some of the regular people outside of your town and then see what the real world is like. So I'm not a major fan of those, but I would just like to see some expansion for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember when I was in Jersey, uh, you guys have an area called Patterson. Patterson, yep, yep. And I, I was really, I had mixed feelings about it, I guess, because there is a large Lebanese Arab uh, community there. And I know even for Michigan, I know Dearborn is on the map as being super, you know, uh, uh, accepting of, of Lebanese and the population is really big there. And I think it's great uh, just from a, from a cultural perspective, but I, but I also said, I think, as you said, there, there's a risk of having such a focused area because what ends up happening is a lot of people would migrate and then they would just stay and live within those areas and they don't really get to to experience now i'm i'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing for everybody because hey it's hard coming to a, a new place i get it especially if you're coming against your own will or if it were up to you you would have stayed but it was because of circumstances outside of your control you had to leave and build a life elsewhere like i get it don't get me wrong but at the same time i can't really empathize with the people that that knowingly stay uh, and and refuse to to sort of learn English or French or whatnot, and really just stay within the the confines of you know a few blocks and and just live their lives there. Because I feel like uh, they're missing out of for enjoying everything you know these countries have to offer, and we're also missing out too because they're a part of of our society, and we would love to 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 hear and see and and experience sort of what they have to offer as well. Yeah, they're basically what you're trying to say is neglecting change. And I think that's the key. Yeah, We can't neglect change. And I think this is a, a I guess we'll move into a little bit of the con here. That's the con with yeah. it. Though. Because sometimes you, you're so focused on one culture. Like, let's say this, for example, let's say a Thai-born person. Sometimes they're so stuck in their ways, like they don't they don't see it, the outside world. They're kind of just stuck in their town or whatnot. Now, does it mean they want? Would they want to change if they had the opportunity? In some areas, yes, but for most areas, let's say you're in a big city, 
chances are they'd rather stay in that big city and not really go out and adventure seek. So I think the neglecting change aspect of culture is something that not just, you know, my culture, your culture, any culture has to deal with. And those are gremlins we need to resolve for sure. They have to resolve. Yeah. And like for me personally, I'm being a first generation Canadian, uh, Lebanese Canadian, like my, one of my main missions, especially, you know, whether it's on my YouTube channel or, or on my podcast or whatnot, like my main macro sort of overarching goal is to break down misconceptions. And I want to really go against the grain and make people think of, of, of things in different perspectives. And I can't, I can't accomplish that if I'm not a part of the community, if I'm not a part of, of, of the overall society. And um, I, like for me, I love finding and celebrating the commonalities that I have with people outside of my culture. This show is actually a perfect example. Never in my life would I connect with a uh, Thai Italian American, uh, uh, a guy from, from Jersey on, on, on anchor. Like you see what I mean? Like it's just the, 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 the adventure that you're that you're missing out on is uh, really unfortunate if you choose to really live within within those confines. And yeah, we and that and that's right. We can't get any information if they choose to you know change. We're missing out on them too. So it kind of works both ways, and it hurts society negatively. Honestly, on on a worldwide scale, this anchor app and this show is a perfect example. You're right because yeah, you know, yeah, we may be doing the show. I you know I'm talking to Lebanese Canadian, but. Look how many cultures are out there on this app. I mean, they're, they're hearing this too. And this is where yeah. the community aspect comes into play of a diversified, you know, diversified global global you know, community. And I think over there, like the, like the little China, little India, whatever, you're not really, I mean, you're not really tasting other food. You're just going to taste your own food. You're going to taste your own, you know, people. You're, you know, you know, you're going to have the same taste. You're not going to go out there and be a thrill seeker. And where's the fun in that? That's not that you're neglecting the fun aspect. You know, when you're when you're when you're thrill seeking, you're looking for fun, good good time. You know, enriched enriched culture. But sometimes we forget, and this is this is the people who are just kind of isolate. They forget, and that's as the the society. It feels like they're they're almost like an alias or an alien type thing. Like they just they just alienate themselves from not just even just their world, but you would think they would get tired of each other at some point, but no, because they're only one social centered and one, you know, economic centered out there. Sometimes it's almost like, well, are you going to experience the real world or are you just going to sit mm-hmm. back? I think that's another problem too. But on the flip side, just, mm-hmm. just to be a little bit of the devil's advocate, what incentive would a person have? So like, I don't know, let's give a, let's give a, a relevant example in, in your case. So, um, you have little Italy. Okay. So somebody comes in straight from Italy, you know, just super, uh, uh cultured and just, it's, it's too late. He's not going to change. He's, he's 50 years old, you know, and he has his family here and he came just to, to work or to, to, to build a, a better life or whatnot. Like if, if, if there's no incentive for him just in terms of leaving his comfort zone and, being exposed to potential, you know, discrimination or, uh, uh, you know, uh, discomfort, like what's, what's the incentive there for, for, for somebody if, because when you, when you leave your comfort zone, the first thing you look for are similarities, things that you're familiar with. And it's kind of like a knee jerk reaction. I feel like it's almost instinctive. It it kind of makes me think of, um, 
in class, right? When you're in school, I always used to go sit in the same spot because it gave me one less thing to think about. And it just, it just gave me a sense of territory, a sense of familiarity and just a sense of comfort of knowing, okay, we kind of have this, we have this social contract here in class. Everybody knows where they always want to sit. Let's just do it that way. And then let's just move on. That that's it. You're right. And that's a good point. It's a great example because territorial and familiarity is huge. And I think if you just come straight out of a country and move into something else, that's where I guess you're right. And, and playing devil's advocate there is you're right because where else are you going to go? I mean, do you want to just, you know, kind of, you know, fight to the wolves here or do you want to kind of meet with the people you kind of know and feel and then kind of work your way in? That, that's the thing. If they can do that, work your way in and then mm-hmm. get comfortable in their own skin and then change, that's what the ideal society would be, you know? Yeah, and I think I think you just you just you just brought something important to light here, which is um, I think it's both the responsibility for the person to want to to, to actively immerse themselves, but also of the host country uh, uh, providing that landscape for this, this inclusive um, landscape for for them to want to also like it's got to be an inviting. Uh, uh, infrastructure for that that encourages that behavior as well if you don't have that like you know think of I don't know like just off the top of my head how accepting um, is a rural part of Alabama to uh, an Arab you know a newly arriving Arab Muslim exactly it's not way street I know what you mean yeah, so so there are there are it's not as uh, black and white as uh, as a lot of people think. That's true. I think that that's the thing because if you if you look at some you know parts of the world, you're really not going to accept like some states they just won't they just won't have that area of acceptance of a, some culture. It's, it's not their fault. It's just sometimes it's just the lay of the land, and mm-hmm. and that's why you have to kind of diverse and emerge. Of course, you might get the the one or two outliers that you can connect with, which is always great. But that, that's where I think we kind of need to see where the landscape is and kind of knowing your options. And if you have to go a different route or if you have to go the same route, try to find similarities and find a couple differences to connect, that's what will make the whole, uh, what do you call it, those isolation towns a little bit better if they can, you know, respect the change aspect of it. Yeah, and I think sort of the the whole online experience, the social media experience, just exposing people to, to, to difference and to change and to other perspectives and personalities, I think that's definitely a plus. And I, I think, and, and that's a great point, social media is huge. I think with the fact that we have so many ways of new communication over the past you know, five years, that wasn't around five years ago, you know, it gives you that sense of, okay, maybe I don't want to interact with people face-to-face, maybe because you're new, Maybe just an Instagram post or, you know, a direct message or, or if you're on Anchor, you talk to somebody privately. You can do so many ways of communicating to kind of get a feel for it. Yep, exactly. So um, let me ask let me ask you, uh, Kevin, have you ever felt or been discriminated against? All right, this is a good question. So actually really not, not even in school, because for me. I was really comfortable in my own skin. However, sometimes when I feel like when I go over, to, let's say Thailand or more Thailand, not, not so much Italy. Italy, I, I look more Italian more than Thai. 
But sometimes when I, when I go over to Thailand, they look at me like uh, I have like four heads. But mm. but that but that's the thing because I'm not there every day. They look at me. It's not it's not a bad look. It's like, wait a minute, is this guy like some type of you know star or is he some type of you know? Th- th- it's more generalizations. I feel like that's more the better. I think they make the generalizations of who who are you because you don't look like you know typical you know. T- Asian person or, or, you know, typical white skin person with the, you know, ties or very white uh, skin. I'm more, you know, darker, but it's okay. It's okay because I still smile. I still do my thing and whatever they do, I'm just like, all right, I'll just smile, be me. And uh, I can't change that, you know? Yeah. You're, um, you're an anomaly to them. Exactly. And now that, that was the perfect word. It basically, it's almost like saying I've landed in, you know, an area where it doesn't seem like I'm with them. I mean, I, I, they don't, they don't, they can't grasp the fact that I don't have the real Thai characteristics of the facial aspect, whatever. And they realize that, Oh, he might be a So where, where, what is he? You know, and I think that's something that it's nothing wrong with that because it's not like they're, you know, punching me in the face or doing all of these. Negative <laughs> they're, they're, they're just making generalizations in their mind. Like, is he, is he uh, from Italy? Is he like a, like a movie star? Is, is he what? Because, that's what happens sometimes because sometimes over there, when they see somebody, you know, not of their descent or they're not 100% Thai, they might go to like, oh, this guy or this girl might be some type of star or this person might be, you know, of like a higher higher class. It, it, it's it's okay. I mean, I have no problem with that. But I think in all cultures, sometimes just generalizations can get down the wrong path, you know. Yeah. Um, I th- and like you, like you said, it's, it's, it's more just curiosity than anything. For sure, for sure. How are you, my man? Um, you know, it, it's funny. I love hearing you say all those things because it's 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 sort of the same for me. Um, like I'll start just with with my trips to Lebanon. It's again the same exact thing. Now, now I'm not I'm not mixed, but I might as well be because yeah. I I show up and I have my mannerisms, the way I dress, the way I look, and even before I even say a word, like it's, it's often just completely nonverbal and um, uh, uh, gestural, like they, they can spot you out from a mile away and they just know this guy's not from here. And I remember once um, I had gone to the barbershop, which was just underneath uh, our building. And I walked in and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to just go in flip-flops, tank top, shorts, just straight up as, as neutral as I can be, you know, no, no NBA jersey, no fitted cap, no Jordans, no nothing, right? Like just straight up uh, uh, or, or original. And uh, the guy's cutting. So I walk in. I even picked up an Arabic. I don't read Arabic, but I even picked up a newspaper on the table and I started reading it. But I, I didn't know. I was just looking at the pictures. I didn't know what the heck I was, I was looking at. And uh, just to throw him off a little bit, and he, while he's he's fading the guy in front of him, he turns and he looks at me and he's like, um, "Hey, aren't you uh, aren't you Abraham's son from Canada?" And I said, "You've got to be kidding me!" I closed the newspaper, I threw it right on the table. I said, "How did you know?" He's like, "Just the way you came and you sat, and and the way you're looking, and and the way you were holding the newspaper and everything. I just knew that you weren't here, and I just put two and two to, together, and I." figured you were I, I heard that Abraham's son was coming to uh to Lebanon so there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's a funny story that you try you're trying to fit in then you do you feel like you're doing all the right moves and then you're like oh dang i got caught you know but that's, yeah that's okay though because i feel like for me and you we have the same discriminations in a good way because we're not really getting like you know mobbed or something we're just kind of getting more hasty generalizations if anything and that's okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah now the flip side now do you have the same reaction like do the canadians do this, the same thing or they kind of just feel like they fit in more with you um uh, in terms of sort of where i stand here in canada yeah that, then i'll do america for sure yeah no uh, i uh I definitely have zero uh, problems here in terms of, you know, from, from a nonverbal perspective, just from a from a from a visual perspective. Uh, clearly, a visible minority. I mean, most people guess like I'm either Italian or Lebanese. Like they know that I'm, I'm I look Mediterranean, but as soon as I open my mouth and they see that you know there, there's no real accent there. I, I even like I sound Canadian. Like I'm born here. Like I'm I'm from the north. You know, like this is this is me. This is my my country. And uh, and then and then the curiosity shifts to just um, more of uh, of a conversation about sort of where I'm from and and my family and more of a cultural conversation rather than a rather than a, a, a like a, um, how can I put it it just shifts in a really positive way. Now we had about a year ago, a really, really, really terrible uh, massacre here in Quebec city at a mosque where there were some, some, some people that came into the mosque and they killed a bunch of men uh, while they were in the middle of prayer. And this was, you know, during the, uh, I think it was during the U S elections, the campaign, you know, sensitivities were super high and, I even I made a video about it on uh, uh, the time I was told to go back to my country on on YouTube. I just felt like I needed to express myself in, in that manner. But you know, I feel like discrimination is not a constant. I feel like it it follows the wave of the narrative that's happening in the mainstream and. Uh, those who wish to discriminate, those who wish to 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 impose their 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 will on others that feel like they're entitled to something that others are not, I feel like they muster up sort of the strength and the energy whenever the mainstream musters up the strength and the energy. And uh, for that reason, I, I never feel as though it's something that I have to always worry about or that I've ever been victim of because you know, as much as we celebrate culture and we enjoy it and we want people to know about it, you also don't want it to be the only thing that defines you. And for me, I'm not defined by being beige. I'm not defined by listening to music that has flutes in it. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm much more complex than that. I'm much more Canadian than that, Lebanese than that. Uh, and, and, and for that reason, those who wish to get to know me at a deeper level are actually worth my attention. Whereas those who wish to, to label me and move on are, are certainly not. Same sentiments, my man. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, you sometimes, and this is a great point because sometimes in the world, a lot of people are, they don't think like that, you know, like when they get discriminated, they take it as, you know, Oh, what are you, you going to do about it? Or like, oh, I hurt my feelings really bad. You feel the emotion, the emotional effect. Not it may not be day one, but down the road it could you know hurt them long term, both mentally and physically. And if we have this mindset here of going in, like let's say for example for me in America, it, I'm fine because I'm I yes I seem you know 
sure, I, I'm, I'm more tan. But you know what? It doesn't matter, though, because my friends see me as, you know, a guy who, who cares and a guy who, who loves the fact that they connect. And it's an easy conversation rather than, you know, they judge by color or they judge by whatever I sound like. It doesn't matter. And I think mm-hmm. that, and that's, a, that's something the world needs to embody. If we can all embody that and just make no discrimination and kind of be more open-minded to the fact that each culture has a unique way and we can have a conversation around that and make things happen in a positive and, you know, direct spotlight way of, you know, spotlight the person on them or spotlighting on you and kind of go back and forth in a great, you know, correlation, then that's how the world will go around for sure. Yeah. And, and it's all also um, relative, like, like what, what's the difference? What are the cultural differences and, and why, is it something that you feel should not be celebrated? And why do you feel uh, so insecure about this culture over your own? Like, especially like in, in the U.S. or even in the New York, New Jersey con- context, it's, I was actually just recently watching the movie um, Gangs of New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Oh, love that movie with, with Leo DiCaprio. And uh, uh, during the Civil War, I believe, I uh, may be getting my timings wrong, but I remember that was sort of during the time of the great Irish migration. And they were actually, the States was actually accepting thousands of Irish people per day because they wanted them, they were getting citizenship and enlisting in the army at the port. Like literally, as soon as they stepped off the boat, they were they were handed a gun and a citizenship. And the natives, if you will, like the locals, so more of the English or, or the New Yorkers, if you will, uh, they, they didn't like that. They were protesting that. And lo and behold, you know, fast forward decades later, it's it now the Irish culture has become so embedded that it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of, of, of American culture. And it was able to sort of seamlessly uh, integrate through time. And it says, well, that's, it's all relative. Like culture is a constant. And if, and if you're going to go ahead and go against some over others and, and, and always be bitter about different, whatever is different or not familiar, then you're going to often be disappointed, in, in, especially in uh, such inclusive and inviting countries such as Canada and the U.S. That's right. That's right. As a great, as a great example, because if you look at it, cultures evolve too. Well, not cultures, the people evolve. I think more, more than the culture. The culture will remain constant, constant, but the people of that culture, yeah. they have the choice to evolve it, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's like, it's like any community you go enter into, whether it's you know Lebanese, Greek, Italian, Thai, whatever, American. We have the choice to evolve it. The culture is going to remain the culture through, you know, the original generations. But how we evolve it to, you know, the future generations and the, the next generation coming up and whatever, that's on us. And if we can be open-minded and create change and spark joy in life, that's where we win with the culture. And then we don't have to worry about discrimination because now it's embedded and we can be like, okay, this is what we have to do and this is how we act in a manner of, more of a helping man than kind of just a hasty man, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think my, my mom, she really got it right. Um, raising us in, in, in exactly that context that you just described, mm-hmm. like, you know, now the Christmas time is here, holidays are here and, you know, growing up as, as, as Muslim Lebanese Canadians, um, my mom 
never, ever, ever made us feel as though we were different and that we had uh, any type of, of difference in, 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 uh, amongst our peers. She included us in the festivities. We, we put up a tree in the living room. It was a whole, we used to make a whole thing about it. Uh, she used to put gifts under there and, and we used to, she used to put, she used to hide candy canes all over the house and we just have such a blast doing it. And then my friends would come over who were not uh, Lebanese and, and, and they would kind of immerse themselves in, in, in our own version of Christmas and, and they would, and we would all just sort of enjoy it together. And so that's exactly uh, uh, how I see the people evolving while staying true to who you are, because it's like, listen, why not just enjoy all of the amazing things that, that every culture has to offer? Like I mentioned before in the podcast about all the festivals and celebrating that diversity rather than saying, oh, no, this is, uh, you know, taking a more traditional stance and saying religiously we don't believe in this. Let's put up some walls. Let's put up some barriers and uh, not partake in any of this because uh, we're all going to go to hell or, or whatever, whatever the case may be and just – uh, look at it in such a negative tone. Nobody wins. That's right, man. That's a great point. Embracing that. I think I think that's the key word right there. Embracing other people, embracing other cultures. That only helps the, the aura too. You know, the aura of not just, you know, mankind, but the world. If you can help the aura of the world embracing, let's say you celebrate uh, Kwanzaa or something, or you celebrate Christmas, you celebrate Hanukkah, happy holidays. That's why we say happy. It's not like just Merry Christmas to everybody. Because we say mm-hmm. happy holidays to say, well, you're open to celebrate whatever. I mean, if you want to have a little bit of Christmas in your life, if you want to, you know, maybe do a little Hanukkah on the side, it's okay. That's okay. You're being true to yourself, which is great. Yeah. And again, like I, I made a video on on, uh, on YouTube about Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays uh, last year because there was this huge uproar about, you know, Merry Christmas not being said enough in the States and the media was kind of going off about how uh, they were, I guess, the war. I think that the headline was the war against Christmas. And I thought to myself in the video, I basically uh, said it's it's relative and you need to you need to you need to approach it with respect as to what that person it's all it's all you know, it's all it's an individual experience every time like if you're truly wishing wishing good fortune onto somebody, um, uh, then you are going to just say whatever that person would appreciate the most. So I love saying Merry Christmas to those celebrating it. Happy Hanukkah, uh, Eid Mubarak, or, or Happy Kwanzaa, like whatever the case may be, you need to look at the individual. Like it's not about you. It's about the recipient of that, of that positivity. Mm-hmm. Thinking like the other person is key. I think, I think we lose sight of that. The fact that, oh, it's just it's all on me. It's that I first mentality. Well, y- yeah, in a way, you you can definitely focus on yourself. But what about the other one you're saying about positivity? Are you going to focus on you, or are you going to focus on the other? Which is the key. You got it, my man. And you know, whether or not I've actually been discriminated against, I, I can only tell. I can only sort of pull one or two examples throughout my entire life which I think are, are really great uh, odds, but I, I would rather not know. And I think most of the times, whether or not I have been discriminated against, it's probably happened without me knowing, and I'm okay with that. Yes, and we'll leave, we'll leave it right there because that's a great point. And guys, yeah. I think that's it. 
because no matter who out there in Anchorland, whoever discriminates against you, you have two options. You can take that the high road or you can get let that get to you. And if you can kind of find that happy medium of, you know what, I'm going to take the high road and kind of use this as motivation, then you'll be a much better person than sinking down to that level. You know, I think that's the key. Because if you sink down to that level of discrimination, well, that, that might get you to the point where who you lose yourself, you lose your inner embodiedness. And if you can embody or embody, you know, yourself every day and let the discrimination side of the world go, you'll be a better person, not just in life, but to society. Love. And let me sort of take this opportunity to give, first of all, a big, huge shout out to everybody that listened in on episode one and is listening in for episode two. And we threw out a question last week um, uh, to you guys and, and a few of you answered. Thank you so much for that. But let me let me throw it back at you guys again. Have you guys ever been discriminated against? And this isn't only just for visible minorities or, or a certain culture or, you know, uh, Kevin and I's culture. Uh, this is really for everybody. How, do you feel as though you've been through it? And if so, what were some of the, how, what were some of the ways that you dealt with it? Uh, we'd love to know sort of the different experiences because it's, it's all a part of the, the bigger story here. That's it. And the guys... You just heard a lucky gang. Call in, comment, leave in a pause, whatever. No matter what the case is, what's your discrimination? What, what, how'd you deal with it? I think that's the more important question because yeah. anyone can you know, get discriminated, but how you dealt with it and how you overcame or, or didn't overcome or then eventually overcame is the key. So let us know. Thank you again, lucky gang. Appreciate the episode too, man. Had a great time, great conversation always. Thank you, my man, KT. I love it. I'm having a blast, and uh, I can't wait for the next one, my man. All right. We will see you guys next Saturday, 1.30, Episode 3. Here we go. Take it easy, man. Say it later, bro.